3: We got an awful lot to get into in 15 minutes from right now. The Hall of Famer, Michael Irvin, is going to join us to talk about the situation the 49ers wake up in today. Until then, your calls. This is Bert in Sacramento. What's going on, Bert? You're on Damon and Ratto.
4: Hey, love the show, guys. And I'm just going to tell you, I think McCaffrey, to answer your question, uh, Damon, but... Honestly, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan, and uh, I remember being at the Eagles-Rams in 2017 when Carson Wentz got injured, and I remember leaving that stadium crying, thinking the season was over. Now, I'm not comparing that that Eagles team to this Niners team or Brock Purdy to Nick Foles, but I think it's foolish to think your guys' season's over. As an Eagles fan, I do not want to play you guys. It could be at home. I I don't think it matters. You guys coming to Philly, you guys are a juggernaut, in my opinion. And I think a win like yesterday uh, could bring this team together. And the defense could look at Kyle Shanahan and say, hey, get us 15 points a game, and we'll bring this sucker home for you guys. Uh, I could see that.
3: Thank you, Bert. Appreciate the call. And, And look, there are... You know, some say, well, you know, the Eagles and Nick Foles. And all. Look, Nick Foles had had like five years of NFL experience before he was thrown into that situation. What's amazing here is that Brock Purdy is that there's basically no one who's done less in a professional career at this point in time who has ever been thrown into the mix of a team that's supposed to be going somewhere, right? I mean, that's the extreme of this whole thing. You know, the when I was growing up, it was... Uh, Jeff Hostetler was the first backup quarterback to officially ever take the reins and win a Super Bowl when Chris Sims got hurt. Oh, by the way, that was a Phil Giants. Sims. Phil Sims. Phil Sims, thank you. Chris still had his spleen at the time. Uh, the similarity between that Giants team and this 49ers team, a smoking hot defense and a running game. I mean, I'm not saying that uh, Joe Morris is is back there, but Christian McCaffrey is... Man, McCaffrey, he he was good yesterday. McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, two guys who were iffy throughout the week, put on a workhorse collar.
5: They really did. They were those important games out of both of them. No, they played. They did exactly, you know, what Kyle Shanahan needed them to do, which is make sure we don't lose the ball. Make sure we can have it all day long because that's part of whatever success Purdy's going to have is that he's not asked to do a lot, which means... The 49ers need to have the ball in places where they can run comfortably. They don't need a lot of third and longs. They don't need a lot of, you know, uh, drives starting at their own eight. You know, they need to make this as safe and easy for him as possible because no matter what he looked like yesterday, he's still a third-string quarterback who was drafted at the tail end of the seventh round. And football is not replete with stories of glory from guys in that situation. And look, if there's one thing we do know about backup quarterbacks is they look better the
3: less you see of them, right? They look they look best when they're holding a clipboard. And then, you know, maybe a game or two, but to ask anything more than a game or two to be consistently good in this league for any backup quarterback is difficult. To be consistently good in your rookie year as a third-string quarterback who has now been flipped the keys to one of the true Ferraris in all of football. Hey, maybe he grabs the wheel and spins this sucker around the track and holds a really good line and looks good. And there you go. There's your NASCAR reference for the day to our one NASCAR fan. who's
5: always. Trifoli, it. It's a better analogy if you say he's the guy who will be looking at the map from the passenger side because the defense is still driving this car. Right, it's like a rally car. Yeah, he's the other guy. It's like a
3: Baja 500 or something.
5: Yeah, that's that. That to me, that's how I. That's how I've always viewed this this quarterback gig in San Francisco. That it's not about him. It's about all the things around him. You know, have the good offensive line, have a running attack. You know, have a defense that doesn't make you be on the field for very long. I mean, that's the thing. Purdy was on the field for essentially 18 minutes. Don't go fluffing my analogies, Ray. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's where I went. No, but I mean, think about that. His entire career, other than a a couple of kneel downs, is 18 minutes of football. That's like next to it. That's like not even a small sample size. It's almost no sample size. Yeah, he may never. We could safely say he's never played. (laughs) We'd only be wrong
3: by about 18 or so minutes. Yeah. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. This is Vince in San Francisco. Hello, Vince.
6: Hey, what's up, guys? So, I just wanted to say, based off of what we have to look at with Purdy playing the one game yesterday, if he maintains that, there is no real significant drop-off between him and Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, to answer your question, I think it's going to hurt more if you lose CMC than Jimmy um and that being said we know what jimmy has given this offense and this team for the last five seasons he lost the super bowl he lost the nfc game still what i believe to be two massive overthrows that could have been game winners um i don't know i don't know if it's going to be enough even still i don't know if we had enough to win the super bowl with jimmy there isn't a whole lot different from the previous season now Our defense is playing better, and we're going to need the defense to get takeaways like they did yesterday and the offensive line to not have penalties because that's the only way that we can really kill ourselves. We can't let Brock Purdy kill us.
3: There you go. Well, no one needs to die. (laughs) Yeah, look, just just, basically you're going to hand Brock Purdy a slightly thinner version of the playbook that was handed to Jimmy Garoppolo, right? It might not. If Jimmy was in there, gonna run two hundred plays, maybe Brock is looking at about one hundred and
5: fifty. Yeah, not even close to that, I would imagine. Right, I I think that this playbook's going to be—it's going to be a paperback for a while.
3: Look, if if you're Kyle Shanahan, you're going to reduce everything to two reads. Here's your Here's your primary. Here's your secondary. Forget about third and fourth because I'd rather you get rid of the ball. Then make a bad decision thinking that you're, you know, you got an illusion of a third option. Make it real simple. Real simple, and real simple is gonna be turning around and handing that ball off an awful lot. 49ers need to start running the ball like the days of your, if they're really gonna go all the way. Or I mean forget it. But let's not even start. I'm gonna stop talking like that. We should stop talking like that. The goal is not now to win the Super Bowl or win. Get to the NFC. The goal is real simple. Play as well as you can each and every week and take your shot with that. Win your division. Get a home playoff game. And then a puncher's chance is what you're looking at. Years ago, I'm talking like on my 1050 days, I took one Iowa State phone call from an alumni. And it was from a woman. I have Jacqueline in Palo Alto, who says she went to Ohio State, who has thoughts on Brock Purdy. Iowa State. Excuse me, Iowa State. Thank you very much. Uh, Jacqueline, is this the same Iowa State fan that I talked to years ago?
6: It is. It is. (laughs) I remembered. How are you? Good. How are you guys?
3: We're doing very well. What can you tell us about the Brocket Ship?
6: He was phenomenal in October. They called it Brocktober in Ames because he was like, had an amazing winning percentage in, in October. But when he came on, he was third string quarterback came in for um, uh, the second-string quarterback who got injured in Oklahoma. We won at Oklahoma, and then he started the next, like, 45 games for Iowa State. He's phenomenal. He's the real deal. It sucks that Jimmy G went down, but Brock is amazing. He's a fantastic human being, and he's a phenomenal football player. So we are in good hands.
3: I'll say this. He didn't look scared. He really didn't look scared at any point in time. Jacqueline, thank you very much. Jacqueline and I talk every about eight, nine years or so. So it was nice to get back in touch with my one Iowa State connection. Well,
5: enjoy 2031 then. I I can't wait to hear from her.
3: Maybe she's got a Larry Eustacey update for me. How about, oh, there's a poll. Yeah, that's a long poll. Yeah. That's a long time ago. Yeah, he got got in trouble for partying in dorms. Yes, he did. (laughs) Here's the thing. You can drink on campus,
5: just not with a student body. Unless you're doing it out in the open with the president of the university standing next to you drinking as well. Yeah, that would be the only way you could maybe get away with it and even now. But we got Michael Irvin,
3: just a few minutes. This is Dave in Livermore. What do you got, Dave?
7: Hey, so really quick, I want to say CMC is more important because every time we got to the playoffs, we needed a dynamic weapon to put us over the top. Uh, But I have two questions for you. Um, I think the playbook is actually going to open up a little bit because Jimmy does not like play action, and Brock showed a lot of play action. But my question is, with Josh Johnson coming in here, do you just automatically say Brock Purdy's the better player? That's because because Josh knows the offense. So my other question is. Why do we still see, we'll constantly see CMC going up the middle when he's not producing up the middle? And we got this young rookie that is constantly producing up the middle when CMC is producing more with dump-offs and and check-downs and stuff like that. So my question to you is, should we see more Jordan Mason up the middle and do we just hand the reins... To Brock Purdy, those are my two questions, thanks,
3: guys. Look, I mean, the reins are handed to Brock. It's no no, and it's no one's job to just give it to him. that's it's his job to lose for the rest of the way. and I think that Kyle Shanahan feels better about Brock Purdy being on his roster than Josh Johnson, or else Josh Johnson would have been on this roster a lot earlier than five minutes ago.
5: Shanahan he, likes Purdy. He does. He does. But let's be honest, he loses his job if he gets hurt. He doesn't lose his job for any other reason. That's what I think. I mean, it's, it's and, and but that was the case with Garoppolo as well. I mean, 49ers have now officially been out of options twice and still created options. I think at some point you're looking at a McCown. If you are on hold, we will get to you. But we're
3: coming on back with the one and only playmaker himself, the Hall of Famer right around the corner, Michael Irvin. One of the best conversations every single Monday anywhere you listen to your sports talk radio. He is coming up next on Damon and Rada. We're brought to you by ChooseChangeCA.org.
8: Podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast.
3: Now back to Damon and Rado on 957 the game. So the merch store is officially opened. You can check out everything that's there. 957 the game shop.com. I told you that. We were going to give you Mr. Michael Irvin coming right back from the commercial break and we are going to deliver. However, I'm going to allow Michael and Rich Eisen to introduce Michael Irvin himself. This is from NFL Network over the weekend.
9: I am a retired wide receiver. I've been to three Super Bowls. I wore number 88. Oh, Whoa, come on. That's the playmaker, right? The playmaker. That is correct. That
3: is correct. It is the playmaker, Michael Irvin. Thank you for joining us again, man. How are you? <laughs>
9: hey, hey, what's up, man? Yeah, that's so funny because you know you're sitting there listening to it, and you're—I don't know why—I'm still afraid to even say it like that. There's got to be me, right? There's got to be. It's got to be me. It's amazing. And even when they dropped in the Jimmy Groppler, like we—we—they we, put it all close to Kurt. And then the last clue, Kurt said it was me. The last clue was, I overthrew Emmanuel Sanders in the Super Bowl. I said, oh, that's Jimmy G. You know what I'm saying? But, but he had gone to three. Yeah, that was that, that's some fun stuff, man. Just fun stuff. Well,
3: I'm glad you were able to answer your own topic. We should all be able to. But I could see why you'd be a little hesitant on that. You don't want to sound like a narcissist. But indeed, it was. Michael Irvin. And Michael, let me tell you. What a weekend of consequences it was for the San Francisco 49ers. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo had been playing so, so well. Now here comes Brock Purdy. And today everyone is trying to figure out the math on how much things are going to change. And there is a possibility that for the 49ers, not that much changes. Now where they go, who knows? But the game plan week to week seems to happen in about a 15-yard box around the line of scrimmage. And that's what Kyle Shanahan, I think, is going to be calling for Brock Purdy.
9: And it happens. That 15-yard box is a physical box. And now, you know, that that first play, boop, boop, that, I said, ooh, this, this is a matchup. I took Miami because of that matchup. I said, man, this just, this San Fran plays a lot of zone. You got this kind of speed. And it's not that he's holding on to the ball. He's going to hit it. He's going to be in the pocket. that will be gone. They did the first play. But then it got shut down. That defense, man, it played. Now, it it just showed up and showed out. I, I, I still would love to have seen that game without tour without being so – I don't know why he was so off early in that game. I mean, it was so visibly off. Like, where are you throwing that football? You know, I'd like to see how that thing played out. But I think Purdy did a great job. Purdy stepped in and played a great game. Now, you know, you see how that thing changes when people start preparing for
3: Yeah, I mean, a quarterback, a backup quarterback is easier to hide in just one or two weeks than he is for the remainder, and it's going to be Brock for the remainder. I was also surprised that Tua, who was so billed as Mr. Accurate, was so inaccurate. Michael, even when he had clean pockets, it's not like Nick Bosa was laying on top of him all day, but he either heard footsteps or just got so hit he got, I mean, he he was spraying it like a fire hose.
9: He was, it, it was, it was, I mean, honestly, it was like, almost as, oh, oh, oh. this is the stuff that made people think, no way you're going to make it in the NFL. This the stuff that made people say, what? When Tyreek Hill says he's one of the most accurate. Tyreek Hill said it before the season started, and we were like, what? No, you know, but, but he. That 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 I was like, wow! I just I, I was I was shocked. I thought maybe the moment was big because Coach had talked about it. they were coming back. I'm sure they want to win for Coach McDaniel, you know, and I'm sure they want to win. But I thought San Fran gave them a lesson in physical football. Oh, I, I know y'all think y'all playing physical football over there in that AFC, the AFC stuff y'all doing. But let let, let me just let me just case you with, uh, and that was a brand of physical football y'all fast but we physical and we won this game
5: how much do you think Miami's offensive difficulties were dictated by the fact that they didn't want to run the ball at all did they feel like just in the way you looked at it did they look like a team that didn't believe it could be as physical as the 49ers or did the game just simply dictate that they not run the ball more than eight times
9: well, you know what? That's such a great observation because that, that, that's exactly what that's saying. That's saying, we capitulate to that. We give in to that. We're, we're going to let y'all have that. We're we're not even going to try. We're not even going to try. And then Mike McDaniels talked about it said I wanted to see how my team perform in this environment. And, and I, I was like, oh, oh, okay, so you're worried about, the bigness of it, because a lot of times, if things are, are and they're not smoking mirrors, they do have that kind of talent. They do have that kind of uh, asset on that football team, that kind of speed and everything. But 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 if, if you're beating people and, and and you don't necessarily believe it, you come up against a team like this. This this tests your manhood. So I thought that was interesting that he was saying that that he was saying saying things like that. And I thought I said, man, this. Is this environment got to them. That's why I thought Tool was just throwing high because maybe I thought he was hyped or something. Man, but he was he was off early.
3: So, Michael, I began the show today by trying to just be realistic about what happened to the Niners and in the history of football. You know, when you have to this late in the season go to a backup quarterback, very rarely does that end. You know, with the biggest prize that the sport allows. So, I don't even know if that's really the goal anymore. However, Most percentages, you know, you you go from you got a starting quarterback to now you don't. You go from a chance to win the Super Bowl to a 0% chance. The nicest thing I can say about Brock Purdy and the way that the 49ers play and how good this defense is is their percentage to win the Super Bowl is not zero. I don't think it's greater than a single-digit number now, but it's not zero. And in most NFL locker rooms who went through what the Niners went through yesterday, it would fall to zero. Do you agree that they still have a pulse?
9: I I do agree. I do agree. And you're absolutely right. Those things happen to a starting quarterback. Usually it goes to zero. It's funny you mention that because I thought about Cooper Rush when Purdy came in that game. And I thought about when when we saw Dak go down like that, all of our hopes went to zero. You know what I mean? saying? <laughs> was like, "Oh God, we're done." You know? And 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 Cooper Rush stepped in and saved the day. Now, Purdy, dude, let me tell you something. Now, let me just say, you know, Purdy looked like a smart player. Like he was doing things right way. Just they getting rid of the ball, doing has to do. I felt like, whoa, I'm so comfortable with this dude. here playing quarterback right now. I said that on the day. Said that today. Well, I said about Baker Mayfield. But but you gotta understand, like you're, that he looks, and he looks may not be the most physically gifted, but he looks like a smart football player and a smart football player that just runs the game plan and get the ball in the end. You're supposed to get the ball in. Yeah, it, it, I, I don't think it's zero. I don't think it's zero. And I think Kyle Shanahan, though it's not something he wants, I think he, he enjoys a challenge like this. This is what happened. Challenges like this are, are, are when, when you grew up and your dad was the head coach and you were a baby. I said this on so TV today. Kyle Shanahan was a baby, and he sucked it in the bottle, recovered it. <laughs> that true couple, couple, three, couple, da, 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 you know what I'm saying? <laughs> when, you, when you work that way, when you grow up that way, you get a kid like this right here that's a smart kid, you can figure out ways to win games. So no, it is not zero. I, I do think it jeopardized some things, you know, experience as we get up bigger games. Purdy now gonna start hearing about how good Purdy is. Now he has to try to maintain your know, greatest hope Your greatest hope, and it's okay to dream like this, is to say, what a purdy is Tom Brady. You know, a smart guy that runs the system and knows how to beat you shoulders up, and we just got caught up on all those things that got got shoulders down, or all those things Trey Lance has shoulders down. I'm just saying. Uh,
5: In terms of simple physical attributes, what does Purdy look like to you? Who does he remind
9: you of? But that's why I was say that, That's why I brought it up because I, I thought I me mean, when I looked at him in his forest in that moment in that in that game, he reminded me of a, a little bit better athletic Tom Brady, and I was like, oh, okay. And i have talked to you guys about I've seen how Shanahan get things close with 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 quarterbacks that. You know, the Mullins and all of these guys keep getting keep getting close. I, I I think you're in better hand than if you were still in those hands, if you know what I mean.
3: Michael Irvin here on ninety five seven the game. So if we had to have a real defensive player of the year conversation, I think it's coming down to two human beings in this league right now. Micah Parsons, who obviously plays for the Cowboys, and Nick Bosa, who has become a bona fide game wrecker for the San Francisco 49ers and like all great players it's not just that he puts the numbers up it's the moments in which he puts his numbers up nick bosa gets the sack on third down nick bosa flips fields and gets this team off the field when it needs to and i mean it, great defensive players somehow are just always around the ball and it feels like he is. I mean, in the step-on-your-throat-win-this-game moment that was the creation of a forced fumble in a sack, that was Bosa, and then Dre Greenlaw with the scoop and score. That was... He's devastating, Michael. He's devastating.
9: Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Great is not a good enough word. Talking about me, Bosa. We can use great with some of them other dudes. But Nick Bosa is better than great. That's a different thing, man. And I and, and I love hearing you talk about Michael Parsons, you know, and my Cowboys, but Nick Bosa, that's my Raider. I mean St. Thomas Raiders. You know what I mean? So so so, you know, I I I, I I'll I will i will see his mom here. I'm in Fort Lauderdale now. I mean, to run into the family I'll see the family or grab something He would so I love I love Bosa and I love I love seeing how he's playing right now and he's just taking over. I always say it when I looked at those two, man, I wonder which one's going to ultimately be the best out of Joey and Nick. When I watched them come up through St. Thomas, you know, and, and, and Nick, Nick's just been a beast, man. That, that, that's, that's better than great. It's like Michael Parsons. that's better than great. Do you know your team is not the team without that dude right there? I'd Michael Parsons, if I, and his people go talk to Jerry and say, write a check for this, Jerry better write the check. That's all you do. Write the check. You ain't got that defense without that one dude. Y'all don't have that defense without that one dude, Nick both.
3: By the way, speaking of greatness, <laughs> dude, Tyreek Hill is just, he's amazing. He's unfair. Uh, he gets open like a first ballot Hall of Fame wide receiver. He had an easy breezy nine catch, 146 yard with a 45 yard touchdown performance yesterday on a day where his quarterback didn't even do a good job getting him the ball. He is. He's ridiculous.
9: Right, right. That is amazing, too. I thought about that. Too, you know, I, I, I watched the game again today as I was flying, and I was like, how do you get that open on a post route late in the game when everybody all year has said, watch that fellow right there? And and, it, and it's, just, it's, it's it's that skill set that he has, but also with Mike McDaniel, designs and plays and all the things he learned from Kyle, you know Kyle Shanahan. Because you did know, you hear what they were talking about? How how cow used to be all hard on Mike, on Mike McDaniel. I, I love stories like that. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Can you not imagine? You know, my Kyle's daddy dad was named Mike. You know, so so how uh, how uh, Mike Shanahan how uh, Mike how Mike Shanahan worked him and pushed him to death. Now he has him another Mike. This is the working push to death. <laughs> I said, "Boy, I know Coach McDaniel is ready because he had to deal with all of that. You know all of that right there coming through. So, so that that was just it, 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 that's what else I enjoyed about that game. That was a great game between two young, brilliant coaches. You can say what you want to say. There was a lot of physical talent on that football field. Tyreek Hill, the Joy Bosa. There's a lot of the Debo Samuel was uh you know the Christopher can And I, that's another thing too D y'all say what y'all want. Debo runs that ball harder. I don't know that I know anybody his size that run the ball that hard when he gets a football. You go get Derrick Henry or Najee Harris, but that boy Debo be running. Hey boy I, I, I boy that boy run that ball hard
3: man. I don't I don't think I've seen a first defender tackle him yet.
9: Yet I mean, yeah, and it, I'm like, come on, y'all can't get this joke down. That dude, up man, he he's he's pretty phenomenal. So yeah, yeah, out of all that great talent you have on the field, to still see those masterminds design and plays like that to maximize that great talent. There was times where Bill Bill Belichick was only when he had a system, and, and that's why he was taking less players. And he was beating what we thought were better athletes because he was really doing it with his system. Now, now other people have systems with superior athletes, superior talent. And that's what you saw in the field yesterday. It was a beautiful thing to watch. Um,
5: Based on the fact that the 49ers, the Cowboys, and the Eagles all won really comfortably, do you start making assumptions about their long-term viability based on the ease with which they win this late in the season? Or does the margin of victory not matter?
9: Well, as I said today on the first take, you, you do try to pull out common opponents. We were debating between Dallas and Philly, and then, then the first thing I go to is pull out common opponents. You know, it was with Indy, uh, Minnesota, two of Dallas' best games that they scored a lot of points on that was the case for for, for, uh, for Philly. So, yeah, you start looking at common opponents. But 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 when you got that defense that you guys have over there, it's like I said, man, that, that's a different defense. That kind of defense is, is kind of defense where even with Purdy, even with Purdy, you still got a shot at winning the Super Bowl. That's the kind of defense you have. Remember, they won one with Trent Different. I ain't putting them, ain't putting that no Trent Different. But I'm just saying, that's the kind of defense you have,
3: Michael. What do you think happens next for Baker Mayfield,
9: dude? I talked about that today too. I talked about. I told Baker, I don't care what you got, all that money you made. In the first, if I'm Baker right now, if I'm Baker, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm asking, I, I'm paying, I'm paying. I'm paying San Fran to let me come play. Come let me come play. Them. I'm going to play y'all. The only got to pay me. I just want a good year with uh, uh, sitting up under that offense, sitting up under that system. Let's be real, guys. Baker Mayfield coming in to the NFL has been through some coaches. They ended up over there with Matt Rule. I, you know, it's already hard in Cleveland, and, and Matt Rule didn't work out. It will be interesting to see if they take a flyer. On Baker to bring him in. And for Baker, that, that's he, well, he should jump on it. He should jump on that opportunity.
5: Does Baker Mayfield seem like the kind of guy who would be comfortable running Kyle Shanahan's offense? I realize he doesn't have any choice in the matter if they brought him in, right. but right. does he s- strike you as a reasonable fit for what the 49ers like to do?
9: Personality-wise, I, 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 Personally wise, I think it's interesting because Baker has that same fire. That fire. I don't know if there's too much fire in the huddle with Baker and Depot and all. Blah, blah, blah. Do we ever get a real play call? Everybody, calm down. Just, Let's get this play call. Okay, you know what I'm saying? With that much fire, but but if anybody can help, if anybody can do it, uh, I, I, I think I, I think Cal can. Now this, this is what I think about too, though. When you guys walking out. When you walk out to get ready for a game, and you have Devo right there and and, and, and Big Trent right there, that, that, that those are guys that are setting the tone, you know, because they got that personality that set the tone. I don't I don't know that you'll ever see Jimmy G walk right out front like that with them, or even Perry walking out front with them. You will see Baker trying to walk right on up in there, like yeah, here we come, because he has that kind of feistiness. You know what I mean?
3: Speaking of personalities setting tones, I need to ask you about your friend Deion Sanders. We talked about it on Friday. Might he take the Colorado job? And over the weekend, he did. I've already seen his goodbye speech to the players at Jacksonville State. I already saw him put a room full of Buffaloes on red alert in his now- I'm um, coming. Speech. I'm telling you, my. I wish I had some eligibility left. Maybe you even do too. I want to go play for Coach Prime. Look out, Buffaloes are back, baby.
9: Isn't it amazing too? Now, remember what I also said. Now, I said I know he's about his purpose. He's about his purpose. But sometimes, you know, as Tom and I have talked about all the time, Tom, I say, I say, you know, say, say Dion. God doesn't give you a vision. Without giving you provision for the vision, uh, you know. So th- that's why I said to you, cause Tom, and I say this all the time: if, if, if it's God's vision, He'll give you provision for that vision. So, so, so I know Tom got great things to do. We always talk about this, the calling on his life and great things to do, but it takes some provisions to fulfill those visions. And 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 I know he said it ain't about that bag. I, I text him. I said, if it ain't about that bag, you please send it to me so I can <laughs> help take it. Help me take it all. I loved his. I
3: loved his line where he said. Here. He said, yeah, I don't yeah, chase bags. Bags ch- bags chase me.
9: Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm am so happy for him though. Now hey, this is interesting too. Now Dion, because that's a hard job over there. Dion's known Florida all his life and everything and. You know, that's a hard job over there, and it ain't like it's a destination site. So, so for him to draw people there, it, it's going to take all of his prime in his time. But I guarantee you, I've said this before, and I'm gonna say it again: everywhere Dion goes, wherever he goes, before when, when he leaves, it'll be better than he he found it. There's no getting around it. It'll be better than he found it. That's just how
5: he is. Uh, When you're watching the Cowboys last night and the fourth quarter is unfolding the way it is, how much of you says, all right, get the starters out of there so nobody gets hurt, and how much of you says, I'll run up another another couple of touchdowns because this is too fun to watch? Well,
9: the good thing about last night was the guys on defense was also scoring touchdowns and having fun. See that 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 I don't have to pull off. I just say get the guys out on offense. But but if if the backup guys on defense is still coming in here, hmm, picking up balls, guys. Then you're like, oh, okay, that's a great thing because now now I want that momentum and I want that feeling. I want that feeling of togetherness, the winning big like this. So 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 that that's a good feeling. That 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 that, that, that tribal. Mentality, that tribal mentality. Let's come together with more something great together. All of that stuff.
3: We're lucky he's part of our tribe. Every single Monday, we get the goods from Mister Michael Irvin. Thank you so much, man. Always a pleasure.
9: Yeah, it was such a great week of football, y'all. That was a great week of football, man. And and I'm looking forward to it. Like how can how how the Giants and the Commanders play to a tie?
6: Isn't it perfect? High. It's
9: perfect. If you really think it was, about it, it's it, perfect. It, it do, listen, do. <laughs> it was like, are you joking? Like <laughs> I couldn't take that game to save my life. I went back and forth because I was like, this game is too close. It's too cold. to call. And and the Giants had been playing hard. It was too close. Too close to call. Too close to. And then it came out of time. I was like, oh my god! The only place I blew it. Well, I lost the San Francisco game, but I also lost Chicago because I thought. Chicago's going to beat Green Bay this time. This time. Frickin Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers got him again.
3: <laughs> Thank you, Michael. You are the best. The one and only. The Hall of Famer. The playmaker himself. Michael Irvin on ninety-five-seven, The Game. When we come on back, Kyle Shanahan's press conference concentrated, condensed, and edited for your listening pleasure. I bet you we get the whole thing in in about four or five minutes. That is next here on 95.7 The Game, including a five o'clock hour, which has got a lot more recap of the situation the 49ers find themselves in right now. We are going to get around week 13 in the NFL and... A few things in baseball certainly worth mentioning before we send you out to a little Warriors basketball. Tonight on 95.7 The Game, we are brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises.
7: Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here?
4: Your cold snap is over, old man winter.
8: Spring has arrived.
0: Sure. Now get 0% APR or up to $1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
3: Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak
7: in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did
3: now back to damon and rattle on 957 the game welcome back it is good to have you here we got warriors live starting at six o'clock tonight which means there is no football hour That is moved to thursday by the way that's when we're going to have Sean Salisbury and Lorenzo Neal breaking down everything that's happened and happening in week 13, which wraps up with a Monday night football game tonight in Tampa. And they just showed Aaron Judge in Tampa. He lives there. It's really no big deal. I don't think the Rays
5: are about to make a huge announcement at any point in time soon. Oh, they made their big pitching sign uh, signing about a week ago, so they're out of money. They did say that they were going to have a new
3: billion-dollar stadium idea, though, so we'll believe that when we see it. Yeah, they're going to play second base and over. Uh, Warriors Live starts at 6 o'clock right here, brought to you by Xfinity. Supercharge your home with supersonic Wi-Fi, unbeatable Internet, only from Xfinity. So, Lucas, you just give me a thumbs up when we got a Kyle Shanahan conference call ready to go. In the meantime, let me go back to something that Michael Irvin said, because here's how you interview Michael Irvin. You ask him a question... And then you get out of his way because that man generates content just with his answers. And Michael gets excited when he starts talking about things and someone's like, Tom Brady? Purdy is Brady? Really?
9: Are you joking?
3: Here's the deal. I know what Michael was saying, and I think a lot of you do too. The thing that, as you look at a physically unimpressive quarterback... You know, maybe Tom Brady is that go-to. To To me, you know, Doug Flutie is another guy. Won a Heisman, so he's really not that equal either. Uh, Drew Brees, one of the greatest passers football's ever seen. So he's really not, that's not a comp either. But if you're talking about looked at in college, evaluated as physically unimpressive, and then fell to a later round, that's what Brock Purdy and Tom Brady have in common. That and maybe they both posted wins over iowa in their careers otherwise as we get closer to next weekend's game and we start looking at you know brock versus brady it's about as opposite ends of the spectrum as sports has ever dealt us to be totally honest with you and in, in terms of two guys starting against each other it's it's extraordinary really
5: yeah i don't know that we've seen enough from purdy to be able to say what physically he is compared to anybody Right. he shouldn't remind us of anyone yet no i mean i and i floated the question after he made the brady remark thinking that he would go oh well he reminds me of i don't know cooper rush or somebody but you know he was adamant that he reminded him of brady and i can't think that he can make that evaluation based on what he saw because i don't think he or anybody else saw enough yeah, we don't know yet. I don't think Kyle Shanahan even yeah. really knows. yet. I mean, yet. just like I, when I said before, he's played 18 minutes of actual football, and much of that was him handing the ball off. Um, That's 18 physical reality minutes, not clock minutes. No game
3: minutes. Oh, get You mean game minutes? Yeah. I mean, really, it's not more than that because no, no, he's no, in no, no, the first no, no, yeah, play I'm, of the day. I'm,
5: I'm, I'm, or not first drive backwards. Yeah. yeah, it's like yeah. It, I kept thinking for a minute that he was only on the field for 20 minutes, when in fact it was Miami. So that's a bogus stat, and I'm an idiot. Tom Stop bringing
3: know. disgrace upon the program, would you please? I'll leave now. Thank you. OG in Seattle. Before we get to the Shanahan presser, what's going on, OG?
6: Hey guys, uh, good to be here. You know, uh, it's really sad what happened to Jimmy G, but I kind of hear what. Michael Irvin is saying Purdy is really smart above the shoulders You could, you could see that uh, You could see glimpses of that In this game You know, he, he went through his progressions He was very, very confident And yeah, there are physical Limitations, but still You know, I think he, he played very well
3: I think he processed on-field football Which, I mean, look You're, you're processing information In real time and I think he's been through enough on-field football in real time over the course of his college career where he had a lot of starts, a lot of dropbacks, saw a lot of different defenses, and enough just reps against the best defense in football in practice. A week with the first teamers, I think, is going to do Brock Purdy very good. Oh, gee, I tell you, thank you for the call. We didn't want to keep you holding any longer. But, man, we don't want to wait any longer before we get to a very interesting Kyle Shanahan conference call today where he talked, obviously, about Brock Purdy. He even mentioned the possibility of Baker Mayfield being out there. But, of course, as he usually does, Kyle began with detailing all the injuries coming out of yesterday's win against the Dolphins.
0: Injuries, Jimmy, with his broken foot. Doing a lot of testing, he's got to talk to some foot specialists. I don't really have any new information on that, but the same as what I told you guys yesterday. Son Ridgeway, he has a pec strain. Surgery's not needed, but he'll be out for a while, and most likely six to eight weeks. Tarverius Moore had a knee sprain. He'll be out a few weeks, um, and Nick Bosa had some hamstring irritation. We'll manage him throughout the week.
6: Uh, did you have a chance to, to catch up with Jimmy and and kind of see how he's doing and kind of plot out his future? I guess.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I just. We all checked on him last night, and then he was in here for the team meeting today. So we have, he was in good spirits today, came to the team meeting, so we got to see everybody, and we all got to talk to him a little bit here.
2: Kyle, how, how would you assess the emotions of the team after everything that's happened over the last 12 hours?
0: Um, I mean, the, the team's in a good spot. I, you know, I think everyone is very, real emotional for Jimmy. I mean, our guys always take that stuff pretty – it hits home with all of them, not just at the quarterback position, but all the positions. That's always all of those guys' biggest fears. Um so, but a lot of that stuff we hit up last night. We were able to see him today, but um, the guys are pretty positive, they and upbeat, and um, we'll be ready to go for it next week.
7: Now, you and multiple uh, players mm-hmm. mentioned the idea that Brock is uh, gutsy, for lack of a better word. When did you kind of first notice his willingness to, you know, kind of take chances and put himself out there uh, when you're evaluating? him?
0: Really, in the reps that he got when he was here in OTAs, he got such so few reps. You know, Nate um, and Trey got. The majority of them, and Brock would get about two to four a day, whatever that was at the time. And um, when he went in, he was he was just so aggressive in all his decisions. He didn't know a lot at first, and but whatever he knew, he applied it and did it aggressively and never hesitated. And um, whenever you can see that clear aggressive type of play in a quarterback early on, it was impressive. And the more he's learned, I still feel like it hasn't taken away from him. Uh, with Josh
2: Johnson, mm-hmm. what was it about him that made you think about bringing him in?
0: Um, I mean, just having him here in 2020 um, for that last month of the year, uh, we got to see a lot of him just as a player, um, which we like the player, but more importantly, we really like the guy. I mean, he's got, I think that's why he's been around for so long and so many places continue to bring him back because he is a natural leader. Um, Guys like playing with him, guys like playing around him. Um, He has a skill set that can go in and give you a chance to win um, and the person we really believe in and feel fortunate to get him back here.
6: Uh, do you guys have uh, any interest in pursuing Baker Mayfield on the waiver wire? Um, I mean, we look
0: into everything, but um, that was, I mean, that surprised me right now. I and mean, we got to discuss more this afternoon and stuff. But, you know, I've always been a fan of his, but I feel real good about our players. And we'll look into everything, but I feel pretty good with where we're at right now.
7: Uh, when, when you put Brock into the game uh, yesterday, how much of what the offense was stuff that was game plan specific versus... Um, maybe some of the vanilla stuff that uh, maybe goes back to training camp in the preseason.
0: No, I mean, nothing changes when he goes in. It was the exact same stuff that, you know, you don't go back to the vanilla stuff. You go to exactly our game plan. And he, you know, he prepares for that all week. He he did a good job being prepared for that. And I took a hat off to clay and um, to, to Brian, um greasy and Kubiak just because they work with him throughout the weeks you don't always get to see him do the reps but that's why they stay after with him and go over all that stuff and and a credit to him to be ready to come in but anything that, that had to adjust throughout the game that was adjustments that we had to make on game day for schematic situations not because of our quarterback well you mentioned that Josh Johnson
6: has spent at least a month with you before I, I know all cases are different but would it be tough to look consider bringing in a quarterback who had not ever really spent time under your, under you and with this team? Um, yeah, it makes, them, it makes it a lot
0: harder, but sometimes you don't have that, that luxury. Um, I mean, we would definitely do that if we felt there was a viable guy out there, um, but that's really tough in, in this situation. So um, you always want to go for the guy who gives you the best chance to win, and you take in a lot of um, factors into deciding that, but having familiarity with what we do and um, allows the guy to pick up on it pretty fast because it's not like whoever you bring in, you give a ton of reps to. Um, Trey got all of our reps when he was when he was up, and then when he went down, Jimmy got them all. And you know, Brock hasn't got any first team reps here, and I don't know if he has this year yet, um, or at least since training camp. Um, so that'll be the same for um, Josh when he comes in. He'll run the scout team and do all that, but he's got to sit there and prepare the same way that Brock has been doing. And Um, I know that we got a guy who is familiar with it and capable of doing that.
2: Kyle, with Brian Greasy, Fox said yesterday that Brian said to him, you know, let's roll, like, here we go. How helpful is it for him to have someone like that who's been through it, especially in this kind of situation?
0: Uh, I think it's real good. I mean, everyone tries to talk, you know, everyone tries to give him advice and stuff, but any time the guy that you're with day in and day out um, that you're in the foxhole with who's actually gone through it, I think it's huge. I mean, it's, you know, Brian has had a lot of success in this league as a player and he had to go through a lot of adversity as a player. Um, and he's had to come in and, I mean, he's the one who had to come in and fill in for John Elway. So you talked about some pressure there and things like that. So good to have him where he can calm him down a little bit in games and just bounce stuff off of him. But Brian's done a real good job with those guys.
7: Can you circle back and describe this?
6: You said Jimmy was in good spirit. So I'm just kind of, I guess we kind of know how Jimmy is, but did that kind of surprise you considering how serious of an injury was and just, just kind of
0: what interactions you have? No, I mean, I mean, when, when a guy gets hurt in the middle of the game, I'm sure he had a real rough night last night, and I'm sure he spent most of the night with his family. He's got his brothers and his parents here, or people, a great family he was very close with. And I'm sure it was rough. But you know, Jimmy came in today and um, was upbeat. It's not like he's positive about all that stuff, but he, it's a big deal. He's hurting, but. It was good to see him today just being positive and be able to give him a hug and stuff like that and all the guys see him because his journey starts coming back from this, um, which won't be a problem. He'll come back no problem. Um, Football's tough. A lot of these guys have gotten big injuries before. When they do, it's crushing. I mean, go back to myself and remember my big injuries, whether it was college or high school. And I mean, you would have thought the world ended, but then you learn that's part of the sport and you start to get a rehab plan and you go attack it and uh, you get ready for
6: the next opportunity. Uh, have you been informed how many bones uh, Jimmy broke? Uh, have you been informed how many bones Jimmy broke in that foot? And has it been described to you as a Liz Frank injury?
0: That's, what I, that's why they're still trying to work through it. I mean, they were talking about that a lot last night, but it seems like that they're starting to believe that it isn't. Um, so that that is good news, but um, it's not all for sure done yet, so some specialists got to finalize it, so we don't want to give you guys any false information, but they're discussing all those things, but we're feeling like it's starting to get better than that, so we'll see when we get the official
2: information. Brock Purdy describes himself as a perfectionist. He was on the sidelines kind of talking about how he could do things better to people like George Kittle. Uh, At what point do you find that he's at a good point in that type of thing? I know being too much of a perfectionist can be detrimental.
6: I I
0: think he's got the perfect demeanor in that. I mean, he's he's hard on himself, and it's not phony. He believes that he can make any play, and he believes he should make the right play. So if he doesn't make it the right way, he is disappointed in himself because he believes he's capable of doing that and so do we. So I love someone like that because they're, they're not going to take the easy way out. They're always going to put the pressure on themselves, and that's what gives them an opportunity to reach his max potential, and I think he's done that his whole life, and that's what's got him to this moment, and um, that's what's going to keep him um, going the right direction going forward.
7: How uh, a team has ever won a Super Bowl with a third-string quarterback, obviously you don't want to have your two first two quarterbacks uh, get injured. Is there an element of uh, not excitement, but uh, this is a unique challenge. Is there something to it as a head coach and an offensive play caller that's so <laughs> exciting?
0: Uh, I want to say exciting. I mean, our goal is that every year, and I just think we got a really good team who's worked our butts off to get in this position where we're at now, and we got a lot more football left, and um, I know it's, it's a real big loss, um, starting with Trey, but then the, the huge loss losing Jimmy last night, and that is a big deal, but I do also know if I do also believe our team's built for this and um, we're going to go out there and play football the best we can every week. Um, that's what we've done so far. And that's what we're going to continue to do moving forward. And I look at Brock in that position. And I think anyone who's seen Brock in this building looks at Brock in that position. Um, no one thinks any differently than we have all along. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix,